it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, and how to get your work noticed and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you as well as a few of my own and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee, maybe your paint water, a glass of wine, and join me over in my sunny windowsill. everyone. I am so glad you're here in the windowsill. If it's your first visit, welcome. I'm super glad to have you along. And if you're back again, thank you. I have a treat for you today. You know how every once in a while you meet someone and you think, that is just a gem of a human. I would love to know that person better. And I was reminded of that back in March when I was at the Alt Summit Creative Conference that you might have heard me talk about. And I ran into Justin Hackworth, the photographer, and I had not seen him since before COVID. And I just thought, oh yeah, he's one of those really cool people. And yeah, I think I'm right about that. So I wanted to introduce him to you as well. Justin is a photographer. And I think a lot of people would claim they are photographers or can claim to or do claim to. But Justin is, is uh, in my mind, he's an artist first. And his medium is the camera, is film, many different kinds of cameras. And he also is really good at peopling. He has a really good way with people and an amazing eye. And his little website blurb says, Justin Hackworth Photography, we're not just making pictures, we're making history. And I think you'll see in looking at his pictures, which are very sort of documentary style, if you will, he has quite a way with light that there's story there. There's the moments you really don't want to forget. Instead of just a, you know, sort of a bottled up perfect image, they're perfect in a whole nother way because they're so real. Love them. He creates stunning photographs of authentic very real moments. I would also say his style is classic, stunning, elegant, raw, gorgeous, and definitely works of art. So if that gets your curiosity peaked, we'll go take a look and have a great listen to this. One of the things that Justin has on his website is a little bit that's Justin interviewing Justin. And I'm just going to take one question from that and read it to you. Me one, what is the number one key to making a great photograph? Me too. I don't know what the number one key is, but I know some things that are important. Great light, I'd say, is essential. To make a great picture, use great light. That's what Kent Miles always says. So for me, that's the first consideration. Another key to making great pictures is to have a crystal clear idea about what you want your photography to say. Not necessarily that particular image, but your body of work in general. Clear vision about what you are saying will make a huge difference in the quality of images. It's helpful to remember that the photography is a language. Just like French or German, there's a visual alphabet and you use that alphabet to put together the elements in a way that conveys the message you want to say. Just like a writer combines words to make sentences. Writing, in fact, is a good way to compare it to. You know how some people write something and it goes on and on and will bore you out of your skull? Others write in ways that will compel you to laugh out loud or cry? And the best writers have a clear idea of what they want to say, what they want their messages to mean. Great photographers are the same way. So that's just a little peek into the thoughts of Justin Hackworth. And I really don't want to wait to introduce him to you. So here we go. So thanks for being here, Mr. Justin Hackworth. My gosh, thanks for having me. I feel honored. <laughs> well, shoot, you're just one of those people that I thought, huh, I'd like to know him better. And I'd like everybody else to as well. <laughs> well, thank you. You bet. I don't know if you remember this, but when I saw you and you said, I want you to be on my podcast. And I, this was a joke, but I said, if it's popular, I'll be on it. <laughs> 
that is an perfect example of how good you are at putting people at ease. So as you know, from the intro, Justin, Justin takes pictures, but you do (laughs) so much more than that. I just feel like you're a rare breed. You capture people in such a, in such a real way. And, and you, you immediately are disarming in your conversation. You immediately put people at ease and you should charge more. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the only person that said that. There's Wait, a what? money guy we talked to and he said the same thing. He said, I know your clients. You could be charging a lot more. Well, you're just so <laughs> good at what you do. So tell our audience, why photography? I started college as, um, as an English major. That's what my degree is. And I had intended to be, I wanted to be a college professor. That's what my father was. And it was a good route. So I intended I to do that. My very last semester, I took a photography class. I'd always had a, you know, I think everyone has an interest at some level of photography and I just needed any class. So I took a photography <laughs> class and I was really hooked right away. I still never intended to do it as a profession, but, but I spent so much time working on it and spending all my money on film and developing back when people wrote checks, my checkbook was everything was to the film lab and to a place called pizza time. Those were the two <laughs> checks I wrote. <laughs> Constantly. Yes. So uh, as I continued to do it, and I realized I would never finish a PhD before the age 100, I just I just realized, well, maybe I should do photography. And, you know, it has been so great for me because it, it really combines, you know, you're talking about how I, I'm able to disarm people. I just really enjoy being around people. So it it scratches that itch and then mm-hmm. i love the creative aspect and the the problem solving of trying to find where the picture is and it's just been a really good road i feel like you do it you're not just a photographer i mean on your website you you talk about you have a hilarious interview of yourself interviewing <laughs> yourself which i which made me think you might be a writer actually or at least a comedian yeah. or you know something but um you talked about some of your favorite photographers and I took photography as well in college. Mm. Um, a lot of it. And some of it, one of my absolute favorite um, class in college, besides the one with Wayne Tebow that I dropped out of because it was eight in the morning, was <laughs> Hi- History of Photography with Harvey Himmelfarb. That's the only college book I still own. Oh, wow. It was so fascinating. And he had such good stories to tell. And and it made me fall in love with um, photographers that find the stories in their images. And I feel like you are right in there. You find the stories and you, you talk in this interview about how how it's interesting that other photographers don't necessarily do that. And I I, I mean, I there's many good photographers and I have a few very favorites, but um I just feel like everybody does it in their own way. And I think some of us have come across photographers or situations where it's maybe very stiff and very formal. And, and that that photographer is just about the can- stand and smile at the camera. But I feel like yeah. you you take a more storytelling approach. You know, um, most people are apprehensive about being photographed. So, so, so the kinds of people I'm photographing, you know, I'm doing headshots and family portraits and weddings. So they're not, they're not trained to be photographed. I don't do a lot of, I don't do a lot of fashion with models who are used to this sort of thing. And so most right. people are apprehensive about being photographed. And so I'm always surprised hearing horror stories about other photographers who make it hard. It's already hard to be Mm -hmm. photographed. Mm -hmm. And so photographers who make it harder by like, I don't know, not engaging or, or telling them to do stuff they don't want. I don't, I don't know what other people do, but you know, you hear these horror stories and it's strange to me, like my approach seems pretty obvious and pretty natural. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm kind of surprised that um, more people don't do it. And that the, that the go-to is this other this other method. I also think, you know, there's two kinds of photographers. There's people who have the picture in their head that they want to execute. And so they'll, they'll do that. They'll craft the scene to create that picture that's in their head. 
And then there's other kinds of photographers who find the picture. And that's that's the camp I'm in. Mm. It's the kind of pictures I like to make. And it's also the kind of pictures I enjoy looking at most often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's your style feels more storytelling, um, photojournalistic, capturing the what's happening instead of prescribed, you know, everybody stand this way. It's, yeah. And that's makes such interesting pictures to look at. I think. I think so too. I feel super lucky because I came across a photographer. I was living in Salt Lake and I came across a photographer who was there then and he's still there now. In fact, I ran into him yesterday and, um, I went to an event at his studio. I'd never heard of him before. And I walked in and I saw his pictures on the wall. And I i mean, I got goosebumps. I just mm-hmm. was shaken. I just couldn't believe that photography could look like that. His name is Kent Miles. I don't know if I already mm. said that. His name is Kent Mm-mm. Miles. Okay. He's fantastic. And he just, I was like, I didn't know photography could do this. And so I thought, I want to, I want to, make the kind of pictures that are affecting me the way these Kent Miles pictures are. When did you first see them? Uh, probably 1996, I think. And what's cool is so then I asked him if he would, you know, be a private mentor. And he said, why don't you get some like-minded students and we'll put a group together. So we we started this group and we would meet first every other week and then it moved to every month and he would give us assignments and then we'd come together and we would show our work and he would tell us what worked and what didn't. And Kent is so great because he's not just an amazing photographer, but he he's a real artist. He knows art and he's a really gifted teacher. And so you could come into the group and at whatever level you are, and even if you wanted to be like a motocross photographer or an architectural photographer. He could help you mm. get where you were to somewhere better. He wasn't just like a, a teacher that said, I will train you to be just like me. He just could, he could see the gift in you and could lift you up. Anyway, that group went on for many, many years. It still goes on. It's wow. other people who are there now, but um, I haven't been for a long time, but I'd really love to go back. Oh, it sounds like somebody who not unlike you but who mentored you about seeing you know what are you seeing there and how do you see it cuz i i'm imagining that somebody who wants to shoot motocross but how do you <laughs> see that differently what's the what's the angle you're putting your body in or where's that light you know one of the things i wanted to ask you was you know tell me about the light that i was looking at some of your pictures at some point recently. And one was a woman and it was her head, but she was standing next to some vertical blinds. And Hmm. I I, I don't have exactly my mind, but it was just the way the light was and her expression and the color. It was, I know many are black and white, but the whole thing was, I don't think you could have imagined that photograph until you saw the space, you saw the light and you're like, try this and and we'll try that. And then you, then when developed there, they were and the light. So tell me about how you, what's your relationship with light? Well, you're right on the money in terms of looking, looking and being there and saying, okay, well, where's the picture there? And in terms of light and also back to Kent Miles, Mm. one of the things that he always said is to make a great picture use great light. Mm. And so in terms of photography, what is great light? Well, it's um, uh, the light coming in from um, a window, non-direct light coming in from a window or the shady side of a building or an overcast day. If you have light like that, that's gorgeous. That's really easy. Uh, It's easier to take a good picture in that, in those kinds of lighting conditions. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just a matter of, I would assume it's like any kind of art form where early on you just try everything and a little bit works and mm-hmm. a lot doesn't. And so you keep trying a bunch of stuff and over time you just start to intuitively figure out where to go. And so 
I'm 25 years in, at least in terms of my business. So longer than that as, as a, as working on photography. And there's a lot that is just intuitive and I can't even, I can't even think back to what I didn't know. Right. 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 That, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the intriguing part, isn't it? When we've done something long enough, we were just Mm. talking before we press record. I've been in High Point, North Carolina at the furniture show. And I, the first time I was there, we figured it out was 1989 and I was young and Mm -hmm. I was helping somebody else and I didn't know what I didn't know, but I was just like, what is this? I didn't even know it existed. And <laughs> I, I've i been many, many times in my life, but also not for the last 10 years. So you think back about the compounding of your experience and then, you know, you know what you want that light to look like. So to somebody mm. else, it, it just seems magical. And to you, it's just like, oh, good. That worked out how I... I would. <laughs> I I would love to see uh, th- that video of 1989 of you walking around that furniture show, going, "What is this?" That would be a fascinating thing to see. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you learn a bunch of stuff, and it just becomes intuitive. Um, but here's a drawback, Margot, and I want to hear what you have to say about this. Here's a drawback to to knowing what works. Mm-hmm is that that's the only thing you tend to try. Mm. And so I I feel like I feel like um sometimes I'm a I'm a one trick pony like I can do one thing really well. It's a nice feeling to to go to a shoot, a job and know under whatever circumstances I'm going to get something great for these folks. Right. That's a really nice feeling. But I don't want to take pretty good pictures. I want to take great pictures. I want to swing for the fences. I'm not afraid that that client won't like it. I'm afraid of delivering something boring. Mm. And so I want to really swing for the fences and get something surprising and and unique. And they see it and they say, oh, and that doesn't happen if you just take the same picture over and over again. You know, I'm. I have. I have a studio, and the the light in the studio is so great, and I always start in the same place, and that's okay. You take that picture and then move on. Um, but it's really hard to say. I know what will work, but I'm going to try a new thing and just see what happens. Especially when you're working for a client, that's really hard to do. At least it right. is for me. So, how about what do you think in terms of, like, now that you know what works? How do you push yourself and say, I'm going to experiment? That's a great question. Cause I, I, I hope that everyone listening plays with that toys with that. For me, I, I never want to let the moss grow. I mean, you know, mm. I, I'm very curious. I'm looking mm. at new ways to do things. I'm looking, I don't want to, I don't feel like it's reinvention. Um, but for instance, just in High Point, just this past trip, I met a couple of people that I've sort of seen from a distance. I've seen what they were doing online, and they—they're people. They're entrepreneurial. They've made changes in their careers. They're finding new ways to take what they do and make it work for them. Make it earn them mm. a living, but make it passion. Make the passion new and stay. And it's so it's collaborating. I would. I would wonder for you um, if you went back to this Kent Miles group with maybe some different people every once in a while, like what would that inspire? So for me, I think it's Ooh. it's my own not wanting to do the same thing, but who else am I learning about and talking to Ooh, yeah, that's inspiring me to look at it differently? Oh, I love it. Well, for me, one of the ways that I've been able to try to shake things up is to, is to change the gear I use and, um, so I still shoot film a lot yeah. and I, and I ha- have acquired different cameras over the years. And, um, yesterday I took a picture of my son, Miles, he's a musician and he's finishing his first EP. And so he needs some artwork for the EP. And I, I thought, okay, well, he's a teenage kid. I can't just do the standard stuff. It's gotta be a little funky. And I have this, um, 
I have this plastic toy lens mm. that goes on it. Do you know the, you know, those, um, like single use they're like from Kodak, they're called a fun saver. They're a yes. single use. Yeah. People hand them out at weddings. Yes. So I have a, I have a lens from that plastic point and shoot film camera adapted to my digital camera. And I shot some stuff with that <laughs> and it looks pretty fun. It looks pretty fun. It oh, looks I like, it um, it looks like a point and shoot 19 or it looks like a 2003 digital camera point and shoot. And, uh, it's kind of fun. I don't, I don't think I, I'm going to have that be my go-to lens, but it was nice to mix it up for a little bit. Well, and you know, your client in that case, Miles, not necessarily want, wanting what dad always does, you know, I think that's yeah. pretty cool. I, um, that's one of the things that super attracted to me to, to Lomagraph cameras back in the day, their mm -hmm, funky mm -hmm. lenses and the fact yeah. that kind of light could seep in potentially yeah. and, or a pinhole. Oh my gosh, I had my seventh grade science project was a pinhole camera. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that, but you know, just those ways to, I'm always inspired by what I don't necessarily know or try. I try to look at it a little bit differently. Well, what's nice about a thing like that um, is there's a lot of unknowns, like the end result you can't entirely control. And you have to say, I'm willing to just see what happens. Yeah. I don't think it works for every kind of photographer because they want, they want, like, if you want a perfect, like everything's sharp, everything's beautiful, you know, like magazine executed kind of thing. Right. Then, then that kind of exercise doesn't really work for those kinds of photographers. No, it's absolutely, you're right. And I, I've done a, a lot of magazine work where I'm not taking the picture, but I'm styling it or I'm looking through the lens mm. and trying to get the right picture. And, and that that's a skill that's a very, you know, we're expecting this. All these things have to show up. I need to see the reflection on that item right there. Whereas mm. I think that, I think being taking portraits and being more going with the flow would be more interesting because then you're not it's not boring um one of my favorite photographers currently is a guy named john dolan and he's amazing he's out in new york and he um does um um really high profile folks so he's shot some famous people that you've heard of and um photographed their weddings and and his pictures, um, what did he call it? Something. Oh, he calls it a, a sophisticated snapshot. Hmm. And it's this idea that um, it's kind of like a snapshot from when you maybe what your parents would have taken. Hmm. You know, they just took a picture and there's not a lot of care. There's not a lot of care. There's not a lot of um, artistic evaluation. It's just like, here's the picture. And he has elevated this to uh, an art form that you just can't even believe. And they're um, they're gorgeous, obviously. And I love that I love that people are interested in that kind of a thing and and pay him tons of dough for this. And um, but they're all they're, you know some of them some of them aren't in focus and some of them are blurry. And he says it's not about the blur; it's about being truthful to the moment what did it feel like to be at that wedding mm. and not everything is tack sharp memories are never tack sharp they're a little bit soft and so are his photographs i saw this article the other day that said um blurry pictures are popular now here's how to do it and i nearly <laughs> threw up because it's not about the blur that's not the point the point isn't about the blur blurry pictures might be popular because when someone sees it and it resonates with them it's the feeling they get not the execution it's the feeling they get from it so oh my gosh oh no that article missed the point <laughs> what are, what are we gonna see now <laughs> it's so true though i i feel like the pictures i respond to the most are those that are capturing the realness of something and that's that's what i I, you know, my favorite photographers to work with do well. And that's what mm. impresses me. You know, I knew about you before I met you um, because I saw your work through um, a friend. I think it was Meg Conley and maybe okay. some other people. Um, 
And then when I first met you, it wasn't till 2020 Alt Summit. And you had long, you were there mm. taking portraits and you had long lines of people waiting <laughs> to sign up because if you've seen a Justin Hackworth picture, you know why. And it, but it was, it was great because, you know, Amy was there and everybody was lovely and you met cool people in line when they're waiting to sign up. And it was just sort of this, like, who's this guy? You know, you have to do it because <laughs> everybody's doing this. And then the portraits <laughs> were so, it was so quick. And you're, you're, you know, instantly personable that you didn't really have time to think about it, except coming away from it feeling, well, that was a nice experience. That was worth waiting in line for, you know, mm. <laughs> that kind of thing. Mm. And they, I feel, I think they were black and white. I feel like they were black and white. Maybe not. Maybe some of mine were, but um, it was just some a wonderful. Were. Yeah, some were. And then fast forward through COVID and I did follow you and, and have seen, have, um, one of those things I like to do is go like, what's Justin doing these days? And go look at those <laughs> pictures. And and then um, we met up again at Alt Summit, which is a creative conference that I've talked about on here before. And you were doing sessions again, but they were, what were they, six minutes? Yeah, they're too short. They're too short, they're but they were so much longer than before. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So no, no, that is not a complaint. That is a, hmm. they were six minutes. So that felt like, <laughs> that felt like a, a luxury. And mm. because you instantaneously um, were all, because I watched you taking pictures and then I got six minutes, which I was very grateful for, but it was so great because you're so in you're absolutely zoomed into those people you're working with. There was so much going on. You mm -hmm. obviously had some had scoped out like great color, great texture, and but everything worked for each person. And I I just was so impressed. Again, going back to your the way you are so personable with that person, and you immediately kind of make them feel like, hey, you know who are you? Let's get into this. And because you're right, taking, having pictures taken is not the easiest thing. And in business today, it's expected a lot more pictures mm. of yourself. And are mm. you taking them? Is somebody else taking them? Are you signing up for a, you know, six months of having your picture take, whatever it is, pictures of ourselves are more common than they've probably ever been. So working with someone and then seeing the results and thinking, oh, I, I remember the experience thinking this is so enjoyable because I don't feel, I feel he's made me feel comfortable, which is hard to do in this situation. And then, oh my gosh, look at what happened. Some mm. pictures that I, you know, am fond of. So it's, a, it's a good thing. Margo, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And also I and I really appreciate that you can see and recognize what I'm trying to do, both in terms of the the like making people feel comfortable with this of that, but also just the end result and what you get in the end. And and six minutes is hard because what I need to do, what I think I want to do when making a portrait of someone is to have it be a a representation of their personality. Mm -hmm. So in six minutes, I need to get to know them, set them at ease, and then create something that they like and that I like and that's unique. And so those doing those portraits at Alt Summit, it's so awesome but grueling. By the end of the day, I'm pretty spent because I have, you have got really to given be. a lot of myself. I, I was going to say, would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? You, I think I'm an introvert, but when I was younger, I was an extrovert. Can you change? When I was in high school, <laughs> I loved being around people and I was a goof in class. And um, nowadays I feel like I'm an introvert. Yeah. And it's, and you have to, I, I, I think that's probably a bonus and not for what you do because you're hmm. you can tune in to the introvertedness of the person who's getting their picture taken, but you also have to figure out how to pull them out <laughs> at the same time. So yeah. I, yeah. So the I have to also not really care 
what they think. Cause you know, sometimes if they're a little trickier than I clown it up a little bit and I'm yeah. a goofball and I have to not care what they think. And yeah. And you know what else I'm meeting every kind of person. Mm-hmm. So like um, a shy person who I'm doing a senior portrait for, or mm-hmm. um, the CEO of Utah's biggest bank or whatever. Last week, I here was my week, which is another thing I love about my job is every day is different. So um, Monday, it was this event for Ukraine, and I photographed the former president of Ukraine. Wow. And the next day, it was headshots at some law firm or something. And then the next day was family portraits. And then the next day was um, pictures of uh, cast members on a TV show here in town. I mean, every day is different and I love it, but I'm I'm meeting all kinds of people. So I also have to figure out how to, you know, interact and adapt with every kind of personality type. And I think this job is really well suited for me because I'm, I was kind of like that anyway. Mm. Um, and then as I've gotten older and um, my, as I've developed this business, I've realized how important that element of the, of the photography is. I used to just think it was the photography, like it's just the pictures. And then over time I realized, no, 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 no. The, the human side of this is, is just as important. It might even be as, at least it seems like certainly a success for you. I was reminded when listening back to this episode that Justin and I touch on the fact that working with a group of people in a mastermind or a mentorship group or a collaboration program of some sort really gets us all further because we can learn from each other and support each other. I am going to do something maybe once, maybe more than once, but I am going to launch a small mastermind. It's going to be three months and I'm limiting it to eight people. I've been working with people one-on-one continually and I, I think it would be great to open that up to a few more people and doing it together. So if you're interested, DM me on Instagram because I'm going to open it up soon and that's the best way for me to know so i just am putting that bug in your ear we're gonna have one-on-one calls guests and definitely several group calls i think it's gonna make a difference and i'm excited so let me know if you're interested do you feel like your business has grown mostly because of word of mouth and as you said you've been doing it 25 years or or have you leaned into certain things that have brought you more the kind of work you wanted like what's your what's your tips for that or your your memories of how that's grown um my tips for that is that if you know anyone's doing a a creative endeavor as a business to um to know you can't do it you'll never do it all by yourself i i i have been helped so much by so many great people. I mean, obviously Kent Miles in the beginning was um, great in terms of setting a solid foundation in, ter- in terms of the kinds of pictures I wanted to make. But um, my wife, Amy, I would never be where I'm at without Amy. She has been so supportive. And um, this is kind of a hard business to yeah. to do be a freelance photographer. And yeah. early on, I used to say it was blood, sweat, toil, and tears. And now it's just blood, sweat, toil, (laughs) but I would never have done it without her. And then, and then there was lots of people along the way, you know, you mentioned Alt Summit. So Gabby, the founder of Alt Alt Summit, she was, you know, when I, a few years ago, when I first met her, like 2007, she was really helpful at helping me spread the word about my business. Um, Stephanie Nielsen talked about me a lot on her blog. These are, you know, people with larger voices than me mm-hmm. and getting those folks to talk about me is I think really the only reason I'm in business. I could never have done it just on my own. Mm. So I would say um, if you're going to be doing any kind of creative business or any business, rely on other people. It's totally fine to rely on other people. It's not a weakness. No, it's actually, it can be a strength because so many people want to help. And it's not like mm. we set out saying, how I, how can I help you? But when you feel like you're collaborating or you're sharing something, a, 
of like sharing this person's work that you love, it's, it's, then everybody gets to grow together. Well, I don't, I don't know anyone who does that better than you. And I wanted to ask you that specific question, Margo, how, what is it about that element that you love? Why are you so charged up about, um, spreading the love and talking about other people's work and and mm-hmm. tapping into other people's creativity. What, what happens to you when you do that? Oh, that's such a thoughtful question. I just get so much out of seeing other people's work and their creativity and watching them realize that they've, they're doing something that other people like, or that it gets acknowledged. It's always been much more interesting for me to talk about other people's work than myself, my own work. And I, and Mm. my own work, my own work is not my main work. It's my main work Mm. is helping other people. And, and that's not because that's just because I, I'm super passionate about it. And it's, it's evolved. I, you know, I'm kind of thinking back to where it really started, but um, all along the way, whether it been retail or wholesale or, or, in conversation or whatever it is, it's finding that person, admiring what they're doing, seeing so much potential. I really do feel mm. like I see so much potential and then making a connection or listening to their story or, you know, s- some encouragement or something like that. And there they are. There they are thinking about something maybe a little bit differently than they might have otherwise. Were you like that in high school? Where did this develop? My friend Karen Nelson's I'm listening right now. She calls me on Wednesdays and gives me a review. I don't know, Karen, was I like that in high school? Um, I I probably, I have a, a good Midwestern mom who's very positive, but mm. I don't know if I really was. I feel like in high school, I was more trying to do my own thing well or copy what Karen was doing. <laughs> you know, I love that I'm you're really still friends with Karen, even I, after all the years. I know we are. Um, there's a couple of, you know, we've, we've gone. And this happens in life. You you kind of become more distant and do your own things. But a group of us recently have come together and we're all um, not, I feel like everybody's creative, but it's so fun to see what everybody has done and kind of be able to support that in a different way mm. all through life. So I feel like the thread has been there. Um, but again, it goes back to that conversation we were having about doing it the same way or bringing something else in. And I feel this must be my constant, um, you know, health, you know, vitamins, if you will, to, mm. to continue to move what my thinking forward. Cause I'm always looking at new things and seeing how I can connect the dots for, for other people. Cause it, it's fun for me. That makes sense. <laughs> well, I, I'm impressed. That's awesome. Most people just want to talk about themselves. Oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's supposed to do that more, tell the stories and things like that. But um, I love it. I love having these conversations when it's back and forth questions too, because mm-hmm. uh, I think that's that's the interesting thing about sitting down and getting to know somebody is, and what are, what are you doing? What are you doing? And how'd you do that? And how'd you discover this? And how'd you, you know, I'm going to be thinking about the lens of that point and shoot camera, you know, mm. like those little tidbits that stay with us. It's, I don't know. It's just, it's why I think um, that creative thread is, is, is an excellent, uh, it's something I'm so grateful for. For so many people. There's- well, I mentioned that I I approached Kent and wanted him to teach me. And that's the great wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's part of the great wisdom of Kent is he said, no, don't come on your own. Bring other mm-hmm. people. Bring some like-minded students and you'll hear from me, but you'll hear from everybody else as well. And he was right. That was a that was a that was such a astute observation and way to create the group is to not just have me sitting there, but to bring other people in. I am reminded of that time over time during COVID. Um, I joined a mastermind online just because it was, it was happening. And, and I, I first thought because the introvert part of me, I just wanted to talk to this woman by myself and have her knowledge to me. And she, she recommended mm-hmm. to me, why don't you come in with this 
other group of, of women. And why don't we do that more often? <laughs> it's just, you get something from everyone. And I, I appreciate that so much. And and you're right. It is a reminder, you know, find, find ways to be in groups of like-minded people and you, you'll continue to grow. You'll, you support each other. Mm. It's nice. That's really good. You had, I think it was in your Instagram stories today, a picture of a woman, a side view. I think it was a wedding one. And and you said when you gave it to her, she got emotional about it. And in your first thought was what, don't you like it? (laughs) And her response was, I was never the pretty girl. Yeah. You know, that really touched me because she was beautiful. She was beautiful. I was really surprised she said that because I hadn't known her as a, I didn't, I didn't know her growing up. I had only met her, you know, that time to do her bridal pictures and she was lovely as can be. Yeah. We, we bring things along with us when we see our pictures, you know? I mean, she was, she was lovely inside and out. I'm I'm not just talking about how she looked physically. She was a lovely person. She was just a delight. And I think, you know, I want that to show in the picture as well. And so I think I just, I just saw who she was and maybe she hadn't recognized it in the same way I did. And I loved that it was a revelation to her, like, whoa, I can be this person. I think more than you might realize if we canvassed those subjects on the other side of your lens, um, you with your conversation and the way you listen, you bring, you you enable that person to be comfortable. And I know I keep coming back to this, but I, I wish more people had that, understood what a difference that makes. And I think those of us who listen and see what that person can be, that's, that's what enables other people to shine, whether it's in a photograph mm. or through their work or, or maybe just having a moment of, Oh, I feel seen. Um, more of that, please. <laughs> I, my approach, I do it for three different reasons. So if alt summit's different, cause it's the six minute short time, but let's say you came here or I went to your house and I was going to make a portrait of you before I even get my camera out, we would sit and chat. And because I know you and I think you're really great, we'd probably talk a long time. Maybe we'd cut into the the uh, picture taking time because we'd get carried away talking. But <laughs> someone comes here, we start a conversation and I do that for three reasons. The first one is, as we already said it, um, it gets people out of their head they show up apprehensive and they don't want to be photographed and people like to talk about themselves. And so when they do, they, you know, some of that worry about being photographed starts to fade away. And the second thing is I'm paying attention. I'm watching to how they answer questions and Mm. when they raise that shoulder up and what way they look when I ask a question and how they move their eyebrow and what if they talk with their hands, because in a portrait, um, gestures and expressions are the real soul to a portrait. Mm. And so gestures and expressions. And so I'm paying attention to what they, how they move because I want that to be a part of it. And then I'm, I'm um, making a note of it and I'm going to anticipate those kinds of things when I do get out the camera. And then the third thing is then they think, Oh, he's interested in me. And I am, I truly am interested. I love that part of it. And people have such great stories. I meet the most amazing people and I really am truly interested, but if they think I'm interested and I care about them, which I do, then they're so much more willing to just be there and to relax and to not get all worked up. And sometimes people think it's up to them to make sure the picture turns out. Mm. And I think that's another thing that might've you know, might be why people don't like being photographed is they think it's up to them. Like, I don't, I don't know how to stand. I don't know where to put my hands. I don't like how I look. And it's not up to the subject. It's up to the photographer to make a great picture. Right. Right. And that, that isn't always understood for sure. Cause it's like, what am I wearing? Am I smiling? Right. And, and if you don't, if you can let that go and let the ph- photographer read that, that's, that's yeah. when the magic happens. That's good. Um, it, I see, sometimes I see um, 
on Instagram ads for like posing guides. It's like someone will say, if you don't know how to pose people, here's a list of 50 ways to tell people to stand. And that's fine. That's a, that's a different approach. People yeah. can do that if they want. But I, for the kind of picture I want to make, that would ruin the picture because it strips away these things I'm talking about, right. their own natural the gestures and expressions. If you're saying stand like this, if you tell every single person to stand like this, well, then it doesn't have anything to do with them and their personality. And now all the pictures start to look the same. Mm -hmm. I was married in a long time ago. And we had, I had friends, a lot of friends who worked for the Gap and I wanted pictures that weren't posed. And at that time you stood at the altar in a certain way and you flung your train around a certain way and you'd be on this step and you'd be on this step. And I was like, good God, no, never will I <laughs> have that. But so I had a hard time finding, I wanted somebody that was not necessarily a wedding photographer, but was a, was going for the moments. And that was that was challenging. It was really hard to find. What year did you get married? Oh, God. 1991? Mm, yeah, that would have been hard to find. It was very hard to find. Well, I got married in 2000, and it was a similar challenge trying to find yeah. something like that. I wanted, I really wanted Kent Miles to shoot our wedding. Oh, but I bet you did. He was, he was a lot of dough. And so we looked around at some other places. I went to one guy, and he showed us his pictures. And I... I said, we're looking for someone to like do a little bit more like candid and more natural. And he said, oh, no, you do not want to take pictures of people that aren't posed. They end up looking like dorks. Oh. That's what this guy said. And I left with a huge headache. In oh, the end, gosh. we were able to get Kent Miles, but oh, it, was oh, a, excellent. it was a real trick trying to find like we knew what we wanted and there wasn't any other options. He was the one. Well, here's a bad ending to that story. I <laughs> found this lovely photographer. I still remember her house. She lived in this really old Victorian in Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco. Mm. She passed away of cancer two weeks before my wedding. Whoa. I know. I know. It was awful. And I, oh my gosh, it was so awful. And I felt so badly for her. And yeah. then I needed to find another photographer. Yeah. So. That's the complicated thing because you, you, as a human, you want to, you know, reach out and mourn for those people that lost her. But then the practical side is, yeah, but what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I looked, I, I really looked hard for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. And it ended up good. It was, I think it was, I, I honestly can't even remember his name, but he worked for the gap. Again, it was like, who do you know that mm. would be willing to do this? I don't want any posed Typical photographs, but what I should have done was give him a list because I did. <laughs> he kind of went off, and anyway, there were might have been some things that I might have liked some pictures of, but overall, I remember specifically some some great shots, and it was because I didn't want it cookie cutter. You know, I yeah. wanted storytelling to happen, and I I know so many of the um, listeners. I love that we have a range of listeners photographers, fine artists, illustrators, uh, singers, people who like to walk their dog, whatever it might be, you know, <laughs> um, I think it's those, we've, these are experiences we all can relate to, you know, feeling comfortable when you do something or not knowing how to put your work out into the world or not. And it's just those little, oh my God, you know, it's, it's, I think when you're working for yourself or trying to put your, your work out in a creative way, it's just, you've just got to just got to roll with the the experience of it all. Um, you go ahead. Hearing you hearing you talk about how your your photographer kind of went off and you would have liked some other pictures from the wedding that that makes me wince thinking about <laughs> some of the early weddings I shot and and uh, you know you got to start somewhere but I'm better than I was back then I'll just say. <laughs> I know we kind of stopped at, at, at your at your story but um it, it does take just doing it, you know, and, and leaning yeah. in. It really does. If you're, if you're waiting to do something, you just have to, if you just, you just have to, I, I read something, a uh, was a yoga teacher. Um, again, some, something I stumbled across on Instagram yesterday and her teacher, she was saying, you know, I, I need to take these trainings first, or I need to do this. And her teacher said, I've been doing this for 30 years. And if I hadn't started 30 years ago, 
I wouldn't be able to say it. And this woman now had mm. been doing it for 27. And, and this person encouraged her just to start and keep learning because mm. that's the beauty of it. Those first weddings might've been, you know, you might've had a different expectation for them, but we just, fortunately, we get to keep learning things. What's nice is I feel like I was pretty naive about what was needed. And I think that's the, having those blinders on is probably why I didn't have any fear about shooting weddings. And I, I, I'm just really glad about that. I hear photographers say, oh no, weddings are hard. They're too much pressure. And I never felt that way ever because I just, I just started and I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to do it the way everyone else did. I just wanted to go there and find the interesting pictures. And so that, that naivety really served me. I think it, I really, I really think it does. That's where, that's where the magic comes from. If you're overtrained mm. or overthinking it, I think the organic and the naive is beautiful art comes from that. I really, I really like that when I see those qualities in something, I mean, unless it's mm. like, Oh gosh, you know, well, <laughs> that's a whole nother, you know, <laughs> angle to take, but you, you teach as well. It's not just Kent Miles that teaches. You teach too, don't you? Yes, I have taught um, a business class, like how to run a photography business at the Utah Valley University here in town and or just up the road. And then um, I've done workshops and stuff like that. And uh, I just finished a great portrait workshop That's what I a thought month I or saw. two ago. And it was so fun and so cool. And I'd really love to be doing more of that. So, you know, when we're talking about you just got to start, I, I have a little bit of fear in that way about doing more teaching, but I'm going to lean into it, Marco. I'm going to do it. I think you should, because if I went on your website and looked at this, because I saw it when it came up and I thought, oh, that would be super fun to take. And I would love to learn from you because I love your approach of your people approach. And you have things like, I'm going to read some of them because I grabbed it. Um, elements that give a portrait soul lighting scenarios that flatter, construction of a great portrait, how to put people at ease. There's many things like this, plus a story, a, a funny story about Santa. But those are all things that I I hope I'm going to encourage you to lean into and teach that some more. Because okay. I'll do it. I really feel like those aren't, you're not saying here's a hundred ways to pose your, client you're saying how to lean into listen to your client and get the photograph that you like looking at you know Do you know what else i think is a little bit unique about that workshop that i did is i'm not the workshop is not like let me teach you how to be me um we didn't really stylistically we don't really talk about that it doesn't it's sound more like about, that it's leaning into them yeah and and because everyone has their own unique voice and their their own way of saying things and you know photography is is you use it to communicate and evoke feelings and everyone has different feelings they want to say so the workshop doesn't it's not like here let me train you to be me and i think that's i'm really happy about that because I've, I've there are those workshops as well and um that doesn't seem like it would be you though yeah, I want to I want to say wherever you're at, whatever you do, I want you to keep doing it and I'm going to help you get a little further, get a little higher than where you are. Yeah. I love that. Very cool. Yeah, that was a fun workshop. We had a good time. It was the second time I've done it. I did it right before COVID and then COVID sort of derailed it and then finally I did it again and it was so fun. I I'm sure I'll do it again before the end of the year. Maybe the end of the, before the end of the summer. Good. We'll watch that. Watch that space. Who's inspiring you these days? That's a question I always like to ask. Well, I already mentioned yep. John Dolan. He's yes. so great. And um, I just love what he's doing. Uh, last year, he came out with a book called The Imperfect. Mm. And he he wrote an essay on his blog about the imperfect, this idea that and at least for wedding photography, that this, the ideal, the romanticized version is 
is not that helpful or interesting. Mm -hmm. And because weddings have flaws and ups and downs, the wedding pictures should as well. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I just really like, I really like what John Dolan's doing. And then this is kind of a, this is kind of a funny answer, but my kids are really inspiring me lately. That's an excellent answer. They're, I have three boys. Uh, my 19-year-old is in school down in St. George and um, St. George, Utah. And he is always, well, first of all, he's so cheerful and he's so beautiful and he's always doing cool stuff and he's very creative and he started embroidering and he's putting like cool patterns on his hats and his jeans. And um, he's always doing something rad. And then um, my middle son, Miles, is writing music. And last week we went to this film festival. There were short, four short films. And he had done the music for one of the films. Wow. And we didn't know what it, we didn't know. We just, you know, he's in his room working away. So we go to the movie and I was blown away. I was blown away. Like he's, I was like, this is like what a 35 year old would do. I just was so excited and happy for him. And then our nine-year-old is just, he's funny. He's, I'm just like, where do you get this stuff? And he's been taking break dancing for a year. And he's just, and and I'm inspired by those guys because they're, they love life. They're interesting. They're always doing cool stuff and they're, they're endlessly creative. And it's really, I'm in awe to watch them. Mm, That's a gift. That's so cool. I, you know, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to have a kid to watch because I know we don't all get that. And I, this 15 year old is right there, you know, in a similar age and also very creative and his vice is vintage clothing. So I, that is super Mm -hmm. fun. (laughs) I bet you have a ton of great um, vintage stores in Seattle. He knows them all. And he, you know, he, it's so fun. He, I love learning from him now, you know, instead of getting to reverse those roles a bit. And that's, that's another thing that keeps me thinking for sure. Just try and stay a step ahead, but (laughs) that's a, I love that your boys are doing such interesting things. It'll be fun to watch that unfold. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Do you have a favorite camera? What, what's your fave? Yeah, I think my favorite camera that I've ever bought is, uh, and and the version I have now is an older version, but it's called a Fuji X Pro Two, mm. a Fuji X Pro Two, and it and it's a digital camera, but it's styled after like an old nineteen seventies rangefinder camera. Nice. And then in terms of film cameras, I have a Contax G two, also a rangefinder, and um and then a twin lens Roloflex that I really like using for individual portraits or couples portraits. That Roloflex is so great. It's a, it's a medium format and the format is square and you look down into it. So it's a waist level finder. So it, it kind of changes the interaction with the subject. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also because it's waist level and it's square and the images reverse, it changes how you see. And so it changes what you get. I love that you use that. I, I love that. That's, I think that's important to add to the mix, continuing to be surprised a little bit. You, you picked up on something. So, I mean, you're just so shrewd and astute. And and, um, I was talking about Kent. You said, it sounds like he really, what he really did was taught you how to see. Mm. And I just, I mean, that was really clever of you to pick that up, but that's exactly what he did because um, photography isn't really about the subject. It's about how you see the subject. The subject doesn't make the picture, mm-hmm. how you see the subject. It's it's really about what you see yeah. or how you see, how you see, not what you see. It's true. I like how you see, Mr. Hackworth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank how can you. how can people find you? My website is justinhackworth.com. And then I um on Instagram am Justin Hackworth. And I I post 
on Instagram pretty regularly. And then my website is, it's, a, it's, a, it hasn't been updated. It needs to be updated. Well, That's one of my to-do on lists. Too. You have a good blog. Uh, I used to blog all the time. And then I think Instagram killed it. I know I'm a lot of people just pay attention to, to Instagram, but still there's some good, there's some, there's some interesting things on there. Thank you for taking a look at it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think some, yeah. You know, I, I feel like I love people's stories and it's, we don't always, even in these conversations, I don't always like, you know, get to the favorite stories. And so sometimes that's why I like digging into Instagram or just imagining it or reading about it or something. So we all are of our stories. So I appreciate and seeing that. What's the Santa story before I go? Oh yeah. You got to hear this. This is great. So I, 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 it's a story and then I relate it to something. So I'll, I'll tell you the story and then I'll tell you why I told this story. A friend of mine had a five-year-old who was going to be in the Christmas float. There was a parade, a Christmas parade, and a, and she was going to ride the float with Santa. She got to be on the same float as Santa. She's five years yeah, old. Huge. So she's just over the moon. Well, they're on the float. They're riding through. She's sitting right by Santa. She gets to the part of town where her parents told her, we'll be waiting and we'll wave when we see you. And they get to that part. And the little girl stands up and starts waving at her family. And Santa says, sit down, Missy. They're here to see me. <laughs> oh, like a Christmas story. <laughs> the where oh. that guy is in his head. Like, what are you talking about? So here's why I told that story is because I, I talked about um, in the frame yeah. uh, within the, within the camera frame, you want some hierarchy. You want to create and design the frame so that there's an, there's something the viewer sees first and then they move second and then they move to the third element mm -hmm. and you're designing that you, that's not haphazard. You deliberately craft it. So where they look first is exactly where you want. Where they look second is exactly where they want, where you want. And so I told that story about Santa saying, no, I'm the first thing they should look at, not you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it does remind me of that horrible Santa and Christmas story. Through the kid oh, down. my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Hey, can I tell you one more story? Please. I love the stories. This is another, this is another, I've told this before. I told, tell this in the workshop to, to suggest that we don't all have to like the same kind of photography, but um, have you ever been to Jackson hole? I have a long time ago, but yes. Oh, it's a great place. So I'm from Idaho and now I live in Utah. And the summer before I moved from Idaho to Utah, I went to Jackson hole and I had a motorcycle that summer. I didn't have a car and I'm driving to work on my motorcycle and I pull up at the stoplight. What was work? I worked, um, I had two jobs. I worked at the Best Western Executive Inn at the front desk. It was a hoot, one of my favorite jobs ever. I had a friend there named Melanie, and we just all we just tried to make each other laugh. Listen, we would we would this was pretty old school, and people would call us for reservations, not like a reservation desk. So we'll answer the phone, we're taking reservations, and our game was to see if we could make each other burst out laughing while we're talking on the phone. And she was real great at it. So I, oh my gosh. I mean, super professional. Yeah. So the, and then the other job was, I was a bar back at the Cadillac grill. So Perfect. I was driving to the Cadillac grill, get to the stoplight. I look over and a guy pulls up and he's riding a Harley and he, he looks like a, you know, whatever your stereotypical Harley guy is, he was that. So we're looking at each other. He looks over at me. He looks down at my bike. Which was what? A Honda Shadow. A good, okay. It's a respectable yeah. bike, but it yes. wasn't a, it's not a Harley. Mm -hmm. So he looks down at my bike. Then he looks up at me and he goes, I was going to get a bike like that, but I didn't like the haircut that come with it. <laughs> my gosh. I love that. Like I I couldn't oh. in a million years think of a line like that. Oh my gosh. That is so worth repeating like for the rest of my life. That is so good. That's so, so good. At the beginning of the workshop, I tell that story to say, we don't all have to have the same haircut. We don't no. all have to ha drive the same motorcycle. We don't all have to like 
the same pictures. Good pictures aren't about whether you like them or not. There's other elements to make a good picture. And we don't have to like the same pictures. It's okay if we have different approaches. And just because the That's article says that. blurry is in does not mean that blurry <laughs> is in. And don't you wish you could find that guy and take his portrait too? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's that so would good. be awesome. One time I was one time I was walking around a small town in Idaho. Um and I I was just walking around taking pictures and these two guys stumble out of a bar and I, and I took their picture and it's one of my favorite pictures. They're standing there. It's they're like lit in the middle of the day and they get their arms around each other. And I'm, as I'm taking their picture, one of them said, I don't know why he said this. This doesn't have anything to do with what we were doing, but I'm taking their picture and he says, I ain't a, afraid of prison and that's what makes me dangerous i love that okay one horse town (laughs) watch out (laughs) people are so i mean that's the thing being a photographer or you know putting our art into the world out into the world we have to deal with people so you know embrace it embrace it Wear your hair, however you wear your hair, on whatever motorcycle you're going to ride. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh, thanks so much for being here with me today, Justin. I oh my gosh, fully enjoyed thank it. You. This yeah. has been awesome. Well, Justin Hackworth's photos are worth looking at. And I'm going to either find a way to get Cooper and myself to your lens or get your you and your lens out here to Vashon one of these days. I love that. I'd love to go to Vashon. I've been to Whitby, but I've never been to Vashon. Close. Just a couple islands away. Mm. Thanks, Justin. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for windowsill chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.